Okay, I'm waiting for Tim to join the call, and it's kind of the big thing on my mind right now, uh, is that I would say that if I had to put a scale from 1 to 10 about how pissed off I am that this guy is making me wait, put it at about a 6. And you do not want to see what happens when it gets higher than a six. Oh, brother. Let's get. I lose sight of myself. I get into this track of like just blind. Like I black out. I black out when I get mad, you know. So as a result, I should not be held accountable for what I do because it's not me doing it. I'm blacked out. Hey, you want to make a special appearance? Sure. Hey, we're waiting for Tim to join the call, and I was just saying. Into the recording, how waiting makes just sends me into a blind rage. <laughs> Fun. <laughs> this is Hallie Haas, everyone. Am I? How is? How can they hear me? They can hear you because it's picking up through the uh, through the microphone in the computer. Wow, how exciting is that? Yeah. Well, Cole, yes. I hope Tim shows up soon. I hope so too. I don't know what else he needs to show up. Yeah. He has all the tools. He's late. And He's Tim, late. Tim is someone who we know is pretty proficient with technology. I know. So I'm, I'm, I don't like seeing the side of him. <laughs> Me neither. I'm gonna go make soup. Okay. Bye. I, did you need something? No, I need my slippers. Oh, okay, cool. Hallie Haas needed her slippers, and they are here in my home studio, uh, which is where they. She keeps them, uh, keeps them in the home studio because it's, there's a big heater here. So what's up, everybody? I hope everybody's hanging out. I hope everybody's doing okay, you know, it's just hanging in there. If you, if, you know, there's a whole bunch of reasons to not be feeling too hot right now. And I understand all of them, but I hope you're hanging in there and I hope we can do our little part to uh, uh, shed a little bit of light into what is a very dark chapter in what's going on. Meanwhile, uh, uh, I would love to hear, you know, because we're doing this remotely, you know, we're doing Young Persons Radio remotely right now. The studio is closed, uh, uh, mostly because a lot of people have to take the train to get there. Uh, so the show is going to take whatever form it takes. Uh, and right now, Tim should be coming in soon to do a little... <laughs> funny comedy routine here on the show uh but in but in the meantime um we're doing these remotely doing it from home we did the first one last week with the uh full monty don the uh big dreams small spaces review show that was a lot of fun so tim and hallie were both part of that so glad we could reunite now on this episode uh but is the is it a perfect um is it a perfect situation no. Is the audio perfect? No. Is any of this perfect? Absolutely not. Uh, but we're going to continue going on because, number one, routines are important. And number two, uh, because the studio might be closed, but the station is still broadcasting. And they only have so many of my episodes backlogged before they run out. So we got to keep giving them new stuff. And that's what we're doing today. What have I been up to? Well, I uh, started watching Killing Eve. Killing Eve, 
uh, and it's very fun. Uh, four episodes in now to season one, the tension is just being ramped up. It's just being ramped up with every episode. And I'll tell you what, uh, about this Killing Eve, this is a, 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 a cast on this thing is the greatest collection of actors I think I've ever seen in anything. It's got this Sandra O, oh, more like Sandra O. Oh, shit, we got a perfect actress on our hands. Right? Uh, I like the show. I like the show a lot. Also, been uh, watching the Mission Impossible movies, and I like them. I wonder what Tim has been watching, and I hope to find out soon. Anyway, I would love to hear what you guys have been up to. Uh, uh, the way you're, ways you're keeping sane. Um, so we'll all just try and band together here. Hey, you want to come make another appearance? Sure. Hallie Haas is back in the studio. What's up, listeners? Has Tim shown his sorry ass? No, yet? but he did text me saying, hey, give me a sec. Yeah. And I was like, I've given you five minutes. Not okay. No. Not okay. Hope is the kind of man who starts the recording before the guest is there. And that's what I love about you. Well, I didn't think it was going to be this long. <laughs> And you're going to air all of this? Oh, yeah. Not a second of this is getting edited out. That's what I'm talking about. Thank you. This is well, raw. I just came in to get a pair of tweezers. I'm going to bring the the needle of the record player. I have to... It's stuck up inside of itself, so I have to pull it out. Oh, jeez. I know. That's information everyone needed to know. Good luck. Bye. Hallie Haas needed a uh, set of tweezers uh, that I keep here in my home studio. She knows where to find them. Okay, so on, uh, uh, let's rank the characters on Killing Eve. Number one, Bill. Bill is number one. Uh, a, a old man, has a great accent, has a great look, sexually fluid, which we learned recently. Uh, Compelling guy, compelling guy. Uh, second best character, Eve. Actually, no, you know what I'm gonna say? I'm gonna say Eve's husband, who just huffs and puffs through every scene. I think that's best character number two. Best character number three, the guy, the, uh, uh, Villanelle's handler, the like big fat guy with the, with the white beard, who is always super pissed off. This guy, if you wanna see what it's like Whenever I get above a six on the pissed off scale, just watch Killing Eve and check out the big fat guy with the white beard who handles uh, Villanelle. That guy is at a 10. He's just like seething through every scene. It's just like, there is a woman and she is looking for you. He is so angry. I, then you find out he's got a daughter. I don't know. I don't know. Tim? Tim, is that you? Tim, you have to unmute yourself. I would say is the key to making this work. I would say unmuting yourself is the key to making this work. I don't know a lot about the radio, clearly, because I've been doing this for over three years and no one cares about it. But I would say that the key to doing this is unmuting yourself. And the fact that there he is. Okay, great. Can you hear me? 
I can hear you. Okay. I because I couldn't. It it just took. I don't have Zoom on my computer, so I have to like do this uh, browser thing. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Are you? Uh, you're coming in loud and clear, buddy. Am I really? Because I have yeah. my mic here. Okay. Yeah. Maybe that's that's why you're using some high tech setup. I'm using the Zoom mic. Nice. Yeah. S- sick. This is great. So what are we doing? Well, I I thought we'd catch up a little bit, you know, because it's been a couple days since we've seen each other. Uh, and I know you've been up to a lot. Man, I've been up to so much. <laughs> Nonstop action. I've been going out. I've been seeing people. I've been meeting strangers. Uh-huh. You know, someone told me, if you want to meet a nice girl, you stay at the bar till it closes. And I've been doing that religiously for weeks. What bars are uh, open right now? I'll say not many. <laughs> not many but uh the world is a bar right if you have beer and a can-do attitude then life is a bar the world is your oyster yeah i i what you know when i uh, first moved to new york city um my dad told me that one of his friends told him that their advice to me that he should pass on to me was this is gonna be great advice i should treat the city like my living room Wow. The city is, Manhattan is my living room. Wow, that's great advice. You know, so I should go. Have you been living that way? I think I lived that way for about two years. Mm -hmm. And then I very quickly stopped living that way. Gotta tell you, it's very obnoxious to constantly have people you don't know in your living room. (laughs) Yes. We're like... Where you're like, uh, oh, I've got this great pizza place in my living room. What? The wait is two hours? This is my living room. This is my living room. Why don't I know any of you? And there's a couple crazy people here that I think we should all get rid of. Uh, who invited all the crazy people into my living Yeah. Yeah, you get it. Yeah. Yeah. And then that <laughs> one group your- just like wanders into the party late and they're like, uh, showtime, showtime. And it's like, please. <laughs> I'm trying to watch Survivor, all right, <laughs> on the CBS All Access app. If you could please give me a goddamn break yes. for a second Guys. for Showtime. I don't need Showtime. I'm not paying extra yeah. for Showtime. <laughs> what were your first years in New York like, Tim? What were my first years? In, I mean, I was very into uh, improv. Mm-hmm. I was working at this, like uh, – uh, play this like a delivery company where I wore a suit and I had to deliver packages and pick up packages from people. It was uh-huh. very fun. I lived in a small, uh, shitty apartment that was very far away from everything. Yeah. And so all my friends would joke like, Hey, when are you going to move to New York? Uh, <laughs> that was pretty much, it was pretty much it. There was a lot of okay. getting, uh, you know, getting wrecked and riding the G train all the way to the end. Oh yeah. Uh, that was, that was kind of the thing. That was kind of what I was doing. Did you ever deliver packages to famous people? Ooh, uh, no. It was the kind of thing where, like, we'd receive packages from famous people or ship for famous people, but it was never, like, directly famous people. But there were, like, high-ups at companies. Oh, sure. Like, I used to split my pants a lot. That was a thing. (laughs) Really? We were wearing these, like, tight uh, H&M suits, and they were pretty cheap. They were all, like, whatever, $80 suits. Right. And we were, like, moving stuff, and so it was, like, the president of Estee Lauder or something like that. We were like, the company was like doing her a favor. We offered to like help her move a couch or something. Okay. So like me and, me and uh, the incredible Calvin Cole went to go move this, this uh, executive's couch. And I squatted down to pick up the couch split. <laughs> I'll tell you what, 
crotch to ass the whole way through. Jesus. Uh, just flop it in the wind and uh, just kind of kept my back to her as much as possible. But, uh, <laughs> definitely a loud ripping noise, so who knows? You, just, you turn your back to her and you're just like talking over your shoulder the entire time? There was like, no, 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 no. It was, it was like crotch to back. So my butt is hanging out of the Oh, thing. oh, I I'm see. facing her the whole time. I, I I'm understand. just backing out of the room, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I was okay. helping with this couch, so I'm like, why don't you go first, you know, and, uh-huh. then, and all that kind of stuff. And so that was a point of pride, though. Was I split? I split a couple pairs of pants. Calvin split a couple pairs of pants. Okay, it yeah. was kind of the thing. It was a badge of courage. It was a you know a red okay, badge yeah. of courage. So, so wait, so would the would the employees have like whole like man like I've been here this long? I I've split twelve pairs of pants. Yeah, there was an old guy in the corner who said he'd split over a hundred. <laughs> Nobody believed. He would just drink whiskey and spit and look at us through his one good eye. Yeah, and then it's like, does this Talk guy about all go the pants he split. on deliveries or does he just sit here? I've never seen him do a delivery. I've <laughs> just seen him sit there. He's always here when we get here and he's always here when we leave. It was great, man. I love that job. There were all yeah. kinds of weird characters. We got to know because we would have, we like picked up all these packages, brought them back to this little startup loft for this like Swedish company and it was pretty fun. And uh-huh. then the DHL guy would come and pick up the boxes and the FedEx person would come. And they were all our, like our buds. So the DHL guy would come by and he'd come up and chat for a minute. Oh, yeah. And we would shoot the shit. And he had all these great stories. This dude Tyrone or whatever who'd been around the city forever and was like, I guess had been lived here his whole life and had all these crazy stories about weird celebrities that like uh-huh. he knew or had hooked up with or like a friend Whoa. had hooked up with or whatever. And who knows if they're true, but I'm eating it all up, man. I love a good story. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there is kind of, like, a thing to stories like that where it's, like, it almost doesn't matter if they're true. You know what I mean? No, not at all. Like, because, like, you kind of don't believe... It's like when a cab driver tells you a story about, like, oh, yeah, like, Meryl Streep was in my cab, and uh, uh, she wouldn't stop talking about uh, uh, how much she hated Tom Hanks or, like, whatever, like, something like that. And it's, like, it, it almost doesn't matter that this, like, definitely didn't happen. It's, like, kind of just amazing that this guy's memory like concocted this story yeah like he believes it (laughs) yeah i agree a hundred percent it depends who you're talking to like if it's my uh i don't know like a close friend and they're just lying to my face that's a little different but if it's in well that's but if it's one of these transactional relationships i mean all i want is a good time you know i don't care Yeah, exactly you know i'm not here for a long time i'm here for a good time i want a good story and i want to get on with my life yes (laughs) yeah I, uh, uh, man, I, I remember, this is just making me think of, like, having, of my old, uh, corporate job, like, having to take cabs with, uh, my boss at the time, and she Ooh. would just, she, she would just be, like, she would get Waze, that app Waze up on her phone, and then just, like, tell the cab driver with, like, every turn to take, you know, and it yeah. was just, like, mortifying, because it's, like, you know, especially like in Manhattan, Waze is telling you to turn like every block pretty much. So she's just like, this guy's job is to drive around the city. And she's just back there being like, oh, actually, could you take a right out of 34? You know what I mean? It was mortifying. I was like, yeah. this poor bastard just having this white woman yell at him. <laughs> Not taking the, the optimized way around the city. Oh, man. Yeah. And there's, I mean, there's a lot of amateur mistakes on there, too. You know, mm-hmm. because I, because I was, when I had this delivery job, I drove a car. And right. so uh, for a while, for like a good year, I was driving all over Manhattan. And you, you want to avoid like those two lane roads. 
at all costs. Yeah. Like 34th Street, 14th Street. What's the other one in there? Like 23rd Street. All these like big, thick two-way roads. Because once yes. you get on them, you cannot make a left to get off of any of those roads. You no. have to make a right to get off of them. And you do a lot of making rights in Manhattan just to like box things out. Yeah. And uh, But if you're listening to Google Maps or whatever, I've been in the car with plenty of people where they're like, oh, Google says to go down 34th Street. I'm like, dude, it is a death trap. You don't right. want to go in there. You're going to get good soldiers killed if we go down 34th Street. Yeah. Wait, it's, it's crazy that you uh, like moved to New York and your first job is driving through New York. Yeah. That feels uh, was- uncommon to me. It was scary, but I mean, I drove all the time in Florida and then I sold my, my, uh, my little Ford Ranger to, to get up here. Right. And then, you know, a minute in, I'm like walking around Manhattan. It's like very overwhelming. I've never mm. been around skyscrapers before. You remember that feeling Colby when you're walking around and you're like, what the, what the <laughs> hell is this? I've never yeah. seen anything this tall in my entire life. Had you, wait, had you visited before you moved here? I visited for like a, uh, I did when, came up here for like spring break. Yeah, like a okay, year yes. and a half before I moved up here. But still, like even then, it's like being in Manhattan is insane. If you've never been in, into a big city like that, it's crazy. I mean, there's nothing like it. Now I'm jaded by it. And I don't give a shit. But you know, for the first like year, it was like, oh my god, I'm in Manhattan. Yeah. Oh my god, there's the Empire State Building. Oh, oh my definitely. god, I've never been around anything this big. And then you're like, oh, but I've also not seen grass in three years. So what's the difference right yeah so the the balance kind of shifts there a little bit uh, right but yeah i mean like <clears throat> we before i moved here we came up my the, the fall of my senior year of college just for like a little weekend trip and we took the amtrak from dc to uh penn station and you like walk out of penn station at like like right by madison square garden you know and you're just like you're in it right away. Like there's like Madison Square Garden's like right behind you. There's like a huge H and M a couple blocks away. Uh, it's just like oh boy, like we you you really like emerge from the train just like in the center of town. Yeah, it's crazy, and that's like a crazy area too. MSG is gigantic. I mean, all those buildings are just so big. Yes. I mean, it's it's intimidating, and yeah. like coming up here and driving is like was terrifying. I can't weeks. imagine what that was like. Two weeks, it was a nightmare. And after that, it was like nothing. Yeah. It was great. It was so, I got so used to it. It was so nice and easy. Uh, I loved it. I just put on a podcast, put on some music, just cruise around, doing my deliveries and things. It was very relaxing. You yeah. just got to get used to the rules. You know, right. there's like the rules of the road that are like a law abiding citizen follows. Yeah. And there's the rules of the road that like every local population has. You yeah, and in, in Manhattan, there's rules like you know lanes don't exist. Like that's a rule. Right. You just got to get used to it. There's yeah, no lanes. There's no lines. People move fluidly throughout them. It's like I, I remember uh, years ago talking to talking to uh, people about being like a PA on stuff, you know, uh, and they were like. There's a ton of PA work. Like, uh, um, you know, it would be so easy. Like, uh, are you willing to drive a truck with all our gear through town to get to the shoots? Like, it'd be so easy. And I was just like, you know, I don't think it's cool that I, I, I think I'm good actually on being a PA if it means driving a huge truck through Manhattan. I I had to drive a big, like, 18-seater van or whatever it is. What are they, the like, the big long ones with, like, four oh, yeah. rows? Yeah, the ones like, that are, like. That in a shoot. 
they're like built to ferry people to and from JFK. Exactly. <laughs> There's room for a family of 20 and all of their luggage. That is, that is the worst thing. When someone's just like, oh yeah, you can just take this shuttle from JFK to your hotel and you, you see it and it's just like, it's just this van where you're just like, I am going to throw up all over everyone in this van. <laughs> this is the kind of van I grew up <laughs> being like, told to stay away from. Get, and yeah, exactly. In that thing. <laughs> now it's going to take strangers. me to the airport. <laughs> it's like okay get in the van you climb four rows back <laughs> you can feel like the axle like in the car beneath your feet just gonna puke all over this van i feel like in that situation i get like i get so nervous about throwing up that i start feeling like i have to throw up you know what i mean Wait, what do you mean with this throwing up thing do you get car sick is that what this is I have, in a van like that, I am getting car sick for sure. Whoa. <laughs> have you really? Does that really happen to you? I definitely have. Oh, yeah. When? When was the last time you threw up in a car? Uh, it was years ago, because uh, I'm never in a car. <laughs> <laughs> Is that why you like New York so much? It's, yeah, it's no exactly. cars? Yeah, I don't have to worry about uh, throwing up and embarrassing myself. You're of driving? Well, it's not the driving. It's the, it's the, uh, it's the being four rows back in this thing. <laughs> And just feeling the feeling every uh, uh, movement the car makes, like being a. So what? What if you're riding shotgun? If I'm riding that? shotgun, I'm not getting sick. Back seat. It's really, uh, but it's like it's like way back seat. Like if I'm just in the back seat of a car, I'll be fine. But if I'm in the back right. seat of like a big long van like that, I am getting going to get sick. Ooh, but not a bus. Bus, you're fine. Bus, I'm usually okay. I'm usually okay. What's the difference between a bus and this big van? Well, I think it's because there's like big old windows and I can just like find the horizon, you know, uh, on, on a bus. Yeah. Mm. But less so in a van. Gotcha. So, Tim, uh, you've been uh, you've been listening to anything good to get you through this quarantine? Boy, have I been listening to anything good? I've, um, I've been listening to, to the usual pods. Yeah. Listening to some uh, some of the Bill Simmons stuff. Okay. Uh, classic. Listen to the uh, NBA Ringer show. They just did like you know topics we didn't cover enough during the year or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's all right. The podcasts I got to tell you have not been supporting me uh, entirely. I mean, uh, Netflix has been good to me. Watch yeah. Tiger King. Tiger King's incredible. Yeah. Um. That's what. Have you watched any Tiger King at all? We have not made it past the second episode. Uh, we haven't okay. got. We, it's we more of the same. Okay, yeah. I, I mean, I, I would finish it. I feel like it's it's uh, it's a thing I can get into. Yeah, it uh, it feels to me akin to uh, Blackfish. Do you remember Blackfish about SeaWorld? I do remember Blackfish, but I tell you what, Blackfish was only a two-hour movie. I mean, that's what this should have been. This definitely should have just been a two-hour movie. Except yeah. they knew the quarantine was coming, and they're like, "Yo, let's yes. stretch this baby out. Yeah. People are gonna need content. Let's yeah. stretch it out." But I had, watching Blackfish, it was like the SeaWorld that I grew up going to like every, multiple times a summer. I loved mm-hmm. SeaWorld growing up. Yeah. It was the whales that I remember. I recognized whales in the documentary. Oh, my God. And I mean, it's a terrible documentary. Uh, I mean, it is. I mean, it's a great documentary, but it's a terrible story. And it's, and it's really upsetting. But part of me was, was just thinking about my childhood. <laughs> I was like, yeah. oh, this 
that's the kind of oh, that's SeaWorld. I got nostalgic for this terrible place. Yes, like the like the Tiger King. It just feels like Florida to me. It feels like the kind of like you know tourist trap that like like white trash tourist trap. My sister who's been to that park. Uh, I think I might have been at one point. There mm-hmm. there were definitely um, parks like that that I've been to before. But my sister the other day texted me and saying that she went to the one that the the scary woman was at in Florida. What is oh, it, really? Cat rescue. Yeah, she went there. I got I got to ask her more more for more uh, details about it. But I mean, it was it's a thing. It's a thing people right. would do. It's a thing. Like, look, there was a, a clip in the one episode of the guy going to what? What's the name of the guy who has a million wives? Doc. Yeah, it's like Doc Antworth or something. Yeah, like yeah. <laughs> they have the clip of the guy being like, being like, I would come here every day if I could. <laughs> He's like, once you hold a baby tiger, your life is changed. <laughs> and I'm just like, I guess, buddy. <laughs> like, I yeah, guess. You sound like someone who's you. never. You sound like someone who's never held a baby tiger. I haven't. I have not held oh, one. Man. But I mean, I would. I don't know how much I would pay to do it, but I would. How much would you pay? Would you pay one hundred dollars to hold a baby? I don't tiger think away? I would pay a hundred dollars. Oh, you wouldn't pay a hundred dollars for a baby tiger? I think I would pay like seventy-five dollars. Seventy-five. I don't think I would go the full hundred, but I'm not okay. a big uh, cat person. Mm. So, mm. yeah, the social media backlash you'll get. Well, yeah, exactly. If I post my my tiger selfie on my dating profile, uh, yeah, I'm gonna get harassed. They said it like it was a real thing. I've never seen a tiger selfie. I have never seen that. <laughs> what these people are talking about? I mean, granted, I guess this this uh, this this footage was shot years ago, you know. But still, I have never. I mean, maybe it's a it's a regional thing. I shouldn't just uh, call bullshit on it. But uh, uh, I've never seen a tiger selfie. Maybe, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it is a regional thing. Maybe yeah. there's a tiger region. They said yeah. in that doc, there's like there's more tigers caged up in the United States than there are in the wild. Jesus, which Christ. seems shocking to me now. Yeah, that's that's psychotic. Yeah, but uh, if that's true, then why can't everybody get one? Why can't why can't I have a tiger? Well, that's true. Yeah, I mean, we should get a house tiger. We maybe get a house radio tiger. Station, radio station should get a tiger that we just like keep in a cage at the studio. Yeah. Is there a way to keep a tiger like tiny? They gotta start breeding. They gotta start breeding tigers like they have dogs, like where you get like a teacup. Oh yeah, like a domesticated, dog. a domesticated yeah. tiger. Yeah, I, I guess that's know. what a house cat is, but but like a tiger. Like this if I can get a cat that's like dog sized tiger. Yeah, I mean, granted, like it's the thing too with that is like with Tiger King is like I've only seen the first two episodes, but they definitely paint. Carol Baskin in a in a uh, uh, maybe a kinder light than Joe Exotic certainly so far yeah and it's like at the end of the day this woman is still keeping hundreds of wild animals captive on her property right <laughs> in in the when when the, the cards get dealt the deal goes down uh, I don't think she's coming out any better than I mean. Granted, I didn't see the end. She didn't murder. Well, maybe she did. Maybe she killed her husband. Who who, who am I to say who is the moral uh, uh, voice on the show? I'm backtracking through all of this now. Take all of this back from the record. I don't want any, uh, 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 I, I don't want to weigh in on this at all. I think like uh, most interesting stories, everyone in this is a bad guy. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, none of these are good. And, like, no. it's weird how growing up, I loved SeaWorld. I loved the zoo. And as an adult, they kind of bum me out. Yeah. Like, I, I feel like I never really see, except, you know, those, like, big open plains ones where, like, you drive your car through or something. But even then, it's like, like, there's a line with the animals on, like, what is acceptable to keep in captivity. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> like, like, at SeaWorld, I'll be like, oh, cool, fish in a tank. That's cool. Right. Fish are kind of dumb. That's fine. And it's like, <laughs> oh, there's sea turtles in a tank. Like, oh, okay. I mean, I know they're used to more space, but turtles are kind of dumb, I guess. So then it's like, okay, here's dolphins in a tank. And it's like, oh, man, I'm, I'm starting to not feel as good about this. Yeah. Let's, let's back this one down. I oh, know. whales in a tank. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, this this is questionable. Yeah, it's like you go to the Bronx Zoo and you're just like, oh man, the polar bear's not doing anything. <laughs> it's like yeah, <laughs> What do you expect? Not... He's in the hottest climate he's ever been in. <laughs> <laughs> is why isn't he doing why isn't he running around? Why isn't he happy here? Yes. Why isn't he showing off for me? Doesn't this guy, doesn't this polar bear know he's living in the greatest city in the world? (laughs) Orlando, Florida. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, So I don't know if you saw, Tim, but the, um, the stimulus package passed in the House today. They just need Trump to sign it. Oh, hell yeah. So we're probably going to get uh, 1200 bucks each. Nice. I what do you think? It. Well, what are you going to do with yours? What am I going to do with mine? Yeah, what are you going to do with it's your $1,200? Right That's going right in the bank. Because, because the odds of me getting fired are bigger every single day. <laughs> I'm, man, it is it's a big problem, man. $1,200 seems like a lot, but it is not enough. I mean, you it know, sounds like the un- unemployment is uh was boosted too i think it was yeah uh, yeah so it sounds like it was going to be it's going to be real good um for the time being um i don't know man everything i don't know what it's like in the rest of the world uh, the rest of the country but new york is bad man everyone's fired everyone's been let go yep i mean you know we have so many uh you know comedy friends especially who are doing a lot of freelance stuff that's all completely stopped all the performance stuff has stopped all the restaurant industry is shut down. Restaurant industry, uh, all these different really things. Hard. Yeah, um, I know. I, I, I want to put out. I want to. I want to put out now to folks who hear this that if you are a listener to this show and you have a if and you were laid off and your place has like a GoFundMe uh, uh, link that they're doing to like support employees, you let us know because we'll get something going your way. Uh, you, you will. You're going to do that personally. I mean, if I got twelve hundred bucks to throw around, you're goddamn right. <laughs> I mean, I need my twelve hundred bucks for now. I ain't donating this <laughs> shit. I'm sorry, man. If you want to come by, if you want to come by, I'll throw you a PB and J out the I'll window or something. I'll say, I'll, <laughs> I'll get you I, food. I say this, and then people will send me their links, and then I'll just be like, "Here's ten bucks, and here's ten bucks, and." <laughs> I'll give twelve. Uh, I'll give ten bucks to oh, one hundred and twenty people. How about that, Tim? Oh my God, did we lose Tim? Oh, I knew it. I knew it was too good to be true. Oh, I feel so abandoned. This is this is a nightmare. It's like, be a, no, there, oh, he's back. I'm here. 
Oh, Tim, that was brutal. There for a second, I was like, oh, God. Tim I think it was oh. your internet. It's somebody's internet. It's one of, the, one of the two of ours, yeah. See, what's great I about like this. We're... Go ahead. I said I like that we're raising, using Zoom because it all looks very professional. And uh-huh. it says, like, leave meeting, share screen. Yeah, it also has, like, a mute and raise hand option. It's got yeah. a raise hand option. Man, I don't know I when I've ever can... been hanging out with a friend and raised my hand. I can, oh, my God. I just realized I can mute you if I want to. Yeah. Because I'm I the can host. Mute you. you can mute me? No, I can't mute you. I knew it. If you stay, <laughs> all right. I don't. It's if there were like other people on the call, it would be fun to maybe mute just you. Yeah, I get it. I get it. I'm. I was your last choice. This is, <laughs> this is a move out of desperation. That's not what I'm saying. You that can... is what you're saying in a roundabout way. If you had more friends, you wouldn't need me. You could mute me. Do we know any other friends who have Zoom? We want who we want to get in on this. Well, I don't have Zoom, so I think that really opens up our. Uh... I guess that's true. Yeah. If you can just have anybody on here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We'll invite Strickland, Even, and we'll get uh, his thoughts on uh, how Pearl Jam, uh, how uh, uh, Eddie Vedder was on Bill Simmons today. Yeah, I can't wait for that. And by that, I mean I can wait. I'm fine with not listening. <laughs> <laughs> I got. We got to get Strickland on. I'm gonna invite Strickland right now. No, I'm not. It's gonna take too many steps. Anyway, <clears throat> Tim, I got to What? Go on. What were you gonna say? I was just gonna say, you know, you know, you know my stance on these podcasting things. I think celebrities are boring as hell, man. I don't ever want to hear any interviews with celebrities. Yeah, I, I mean, coaching with people who have who have like a career that they need to maintain now. There's just yeah. I mean, you see, like, I, I yeah, it, it's it's just everybody's going around and around, and you you see people are just like desperate to do something. I mean, like this is the thing with like people doing all these like Instagram shows and stuff now, and like people are doing mics on on zoom and it's just like i understand like wanting to uh uh put something out there just to feel a little less lonely you know but the idea of me like signing up to do it like getting booked on a digital show or like signing up to do a, a, a virtual mic just seems like just the worst way to spend this time yeah oh bumming me out just thinking about it this is a bummer bummed i mean all that stuff is so awful but i definitely have done like digital improv before and it's just unbearable <laughs> well it's like there's no one else there it's like what do you just like you just how do you know you're doing well there's no way to know it, improv is uh such a useless art form uh <laughs> <laughs> i love it on the best of days, too. it's very fun to watch. I love but it too. The environment for it is, uh, I think, very crucial and very sensitive. I, I mean, like we do improv in the park. It's like, you no. know, fuck off. It can only happen in a very in a specific set of circumstances. Even stand up is such a fickle thing. Yeah, stand up yeah. is by far the most versatile. If we're talking about like characters improv and doing it in weird situations if you're gonna do a backyard show stand up you can totally get away with it but yeah. uh there's plenty of places you would not do stand up that people have tried to do improv and it's all bad man yeah it's all bad i've also done a couple of those like video things where it's like cool well uh, let's do a herald on a video conference oh god and like drop from the call <laughs> i definitely let uh neil sharma and dylan evans just down <laughs> <laughs> 
where it was just the two of them on this call that I could not be on. I mean, I look, I haven't seen any of this stuff that, that people are doing. Like, maybe they're great. Maybe they're great. No I don't want – I mean, maybe they are. I haven't seen it. But uh, I'm looking out for myself. I'm looking out for myself on this one. Be too vulnerable. I mean, talk about improv stuff. It's just like people love to dump on improv, and, like, I get it, and, like, uh, I'll do a, a little bit of it here and there. But, I mean, like, seeing those shows at UCB Chelsea in my first, like, couple years – I mean, I don't think to this day – and it, like there, are, there's like a handful of performers that I could count on one hand who inspire me as much as like Anthony Atamanik and a bunch of the Death by Ruru people. I mean, that shit just feels like so special to have gotten to see. Yeah. No, I mean, I agree with you. I think we're on the same page with this. But I've yeah. But I've really been like, you know, the handful of the number of like performers or shows or whatever that have like truly been inspiring to me is like very low considering yeah. how much is going on yeah yeah that's true a few years i was in the city there was like awesome stuff happening in ucb that i just don't think exists anymore i just don't mm-hmm. think it's happening um yeah i mean i'm less plugged into that anymore. community now but uh yeah i mean it's just it's a special thing that we got to we got yeah. to see um that great. being said i do have to ask you um why you because you run a comedy theater right yeah i do i do why did you decide to lay all of your employees off during this crisis? Okay. Well, I, um, I didn't think you were going to get here. I didn't realize I was talking to Seth fucking Simons over here. But uh, um, listen, if you're going to be a real, real rat about it, I guess. The thing is, people think I'm rich because I come on shows like this and I'm, and I'm interviewed and I'm hilarious and they see me in things and they think, man, that guy has it all. He yeah. must be loaded. But you were, I mean, you were on, money, you were, you were on Parks and Rec. I was on Parks and Rec for many years. Every <laughs> yes. episode, I was on Parks <laughs> and Rec. Um, I was in a couple Marvel movies. Uh, like big things have happened to me. Uh huh. Jurassic Park. There's rumors about me being in Indiana Jones. Yeah, uh, I mean that would be cool. You yeah. were married to Anna Faris. I was for a little while, but then I broke up with her to marry into the Schwarzenegger family. Yeah. But enough about me. I have a lot of my assets tied up in other things. I'm not liquid, Colby. Do you know okay. what that means? I do know what that means, yeah. Okay, I'm not a solid. I'm not a gas. I'm not liquid. You're a liquid. I'm, I'm not liquid. That You're not liquid. liquid. I'm solid. I'm gaseous. I have okay. things tied up. I have investments um, that, uh, that I, I just can't. I can't just pay people, Colby. I can't just mm-hmm. give people money for things for them to stick around and be useless and do nothing. Colby, if you do if you do work, you expect to be paid for it, right? Right. And if you don't do work, do you expect to be paid for that? Uh, no. I guess I should. Okay. Well, although theater, I do. The theater closes. Nobody's working. Do you expect to get paid if you're not working? I would think not. Well, I would expect some extenuating circumstances like a, a pandemic to uh, that's like literally preventing me from doing my job to be uh, to, a little bit of a, a, a an allowance to be made for that. Well, my job is to run this theater, and I can't do that. The government shut me down. So what do you want me to do? If I can't work, then you can't work. Right. But I mean... Don't you think you're being a bit of a baby about this, Colby? But I mean, with all of your money, like your just hordes of money sure. that you have from your successful career, don't you think you could like do us a solid and like pay a little bit back to the theater that made your name? <laughs> Colby. Colby. One, the, the theater didn't make my name. I made the theater's name, all right? Two, I'm barely around anymore, all right? I am barely a part of this. 
Uh, and three, you know, I am, uh, I don't really care that much about these people. Um, I don't know if you've noticed. Well, there you have it. It's very much like a, like a pyramid scheme of sorts. There you right? have it. You don't care that much. Yeah, I wouldn't say I care that much about these people, no. Well, what's the pyramid scheme, though? The pyramid scheme. Actually, I don't know how a pyramid scheme works, but I just know that uh, they're bad. Okay. My understanding is that in a pyramid scheme, if you, like, draw lines around it, it makes a square. That's your idea of a pyramid scheme? Yeah. Is that it looks like a square. Because a pyramid was built with bricks. Right. And bricks make up a pyramid, and they make up a scheme. So you're looking at an aerial view of the pyramid scheme. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're looking from the point down and yep. seeing the square base. That's exactly right. That's interesting. That is interesting. Thank you. I mean, I like to look at it at an angle, so it's kind of like a diamond. Mm -hmm. Like I'm looking down on it, but from the side. Oh, okay. So sort of like a baseball field. So it's more of a diamond. Yes, it looks like a baseball field. That yeah, is exactly. cool. Yeah. 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 Anyway, I think you should uh, consider finding it in your heart to uh, uh, bail out some of these workers that uh, staff your theater. Mm. For how long, though? Um, I would say indefinitely until the crisis is over. You would say indefinitely? I think you I'm should. I'm not making any more money. You want me to, to like bail out these freeloaders for months? I think you should give them a lifetime... Uh, like a, just like a blank check. You should mail everyone a blank check. Wow. And then honor system. Put on it whatever you feel like. Yeah, it's because it's, it's a vote of confidence. It's like, I trust you right. to do the right thing because you work at my theater. Yes. Well, good. I mean, okay. Thank you for agreeing. Yeah, I'm down to do that. I will do okay. that. I mean, I think, right. I think the least that these like, places can do is do, like, a little, is do a severance thing. You got to treat it like if somebody was fired or if you let somebody go. You got to treat mm -hmm. it realistically. You get paid out for vacation time, maybe sick days. I don't know. You give, you give somebody a heads up. But, I mean, yeah. I get it. A lot of these places are, like, in, in trying times, you know? And, like, comedy venues, you know what? If, they, if nobody's going to the shows, they're not making any money, like, they're only going to be able to do so much. They could obviously do more. Yeah, I mean, they could definitely do more. But, they, uh, but it's, it's, I don't think they should, yeah, you're, it, it's a tricky situation. It's like, yeah. Uh, it is, it is a little, <laughs> I guess it's not funny, but it is, it is sad, but it is, uh, yeah. I mean, the, a lot of these places have a history of, uh, of uh, you know, like, uh, mistreating people. Mm -hmm. And so then to be surprised when somebody mistreats you again after they've been mistreating you, it's like, man, you can't can't be mad at this fish for swimming, bud. Yeah, it is kind of like it's 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 kind of like the last straw, I think, for a lot of folks who I mean, like, you know, say what you will about when the faith should have been broken in these systems. But uh, uh, this this feels like a pretty definitive uh, statement in terms of like where loyalties lie yeah tim do you have any irrelevant bullshit to talk about this week irrelevant bullshit yeah this is you our know, segment this is our, our irrelevant bullshit segment where uh we talk about stuff that is you know irrelevant and uh could be considered bullshit you know what i've found fascinating this week uh and kind of gotten into is watching wrestling without any audience there <laughs> 
it's incredible. It's it's some of the most captivating stuff I've ever seen. I mean, some people are really good at it and some people are really bad at it. But the whole thing is it is the whole sport, uh, if you can call it that, is audience based. It'd be like right. it's like doing stand up without an audience. Uh, but, but it's not necessarily like you're feeding off. You don't need the laughs, I guess. But you need the reaction. There's so many people out there who like, I don't know. This is all building up towards like WrestleMania is coming up like this weekend. It's the biggest event of the year and they're having celebrities come back on TV and they're Uh setting up all these dream matches. And there's a lot of moments in wrestling where somebody shows up and the whole crowd loses their mind. Like the whole point of doing stuff in wrestling is to get the crowd excited. Right. And when there's no crowd and they're doing the same stuff, it's just like the funniest, weirdest theater I've ever seen. Like Stone Cold Steve Austin came on. Uh, for three fifteen day, and uh-huh. he uh, has this bit where he yells, "Give me a!" He says, "Give me a hell yeah!" And then he holds the mic out to the audience, and the whole audience yells, "Hell yeah!" And he did that to nobody. And oh my it was god! The funniest shit I've ever seen in my life. It's great. Has, it's amazing. Has anyone debuted a coronavirus character yet? Where there's like, <laughs> there's like, a, it's like a match between the coronavirus and like a doctor. <laughs> it's a doctor who keeps wrestling with. Everyone he wrestles gets sick and gets the coronavirus. Yeah, yes. You know, but it's like, yeah, you got to, like, keep away from the doctor because he's wearing, like, an infected mask. It should just, it shouldn't even be a doctor. It should just be, like, a normal wrestler who insists on being safe and he starts using hand sanitizer and then puts on gloves and a mask before <laughs> he wrestles and is like, I'm not sick, I swear, but then everyone he wrestles has to be quarantined <laughs> Yes. But somehow they let him continue to wrestle. Yeah. We're just like, I feel fine. <laughs> oh, man. It's crazy. Uh, it's really it's really nuts that they have all these, uh, these things. But they just have shows to do. They have all these obligations right. with TV. But the, because, like, they just do, like, live TV all the time. And I don't, yeah. I don't know what's going on with these late night. Have you seen any of these late night shows where there's just no people there or like Jimmy Fallon's doing it out of his house or whatever? I, I have, I have not watched any of them. Uh, but I remember when they were doing this, when the writer's strike was happening in 2008, where they just like did them to an empty yeah. room. Uh, some of the best shows. And I mean, they're, they're wild. I mean, I can't imagine a Jimmy Fallon show feeling better than any other Jimmy Fallon show. But, but you like love when, Jimmy Fallon, though, because they're, I do, they're you know, all I do your love, favorite thing. I, I do I do love Jimmy Fallon, yeah. I yeah. think he's uh, – I, I think – I'm going to take Julie Klausner's joke right now. But the way that he took The Tonight Show and just made it into a children's birthday party I think is so cool. Yes. <laughs> that is your favorite thing about Jimmy Fallon. I mean, he's – I mean, you. I, I'm personally not a fan. I think he's a bit of a hack and not really funny in any way and doesn't really yeah. contribute. He's not much of an artist or – I mean, he just has nothing to say. He's just a you know kind of kind of a one dimensional creature. But you you can't get enough of him. Could I you can't. like rank the late night hosts for well, me in terms of like who's got I, the most star power? I would put Jimmy at the top mostly because he he laughs more than the other ones. Mm-hmm. And that laugh, yeah. he's like Ricky Gervais. He starts laughing, I start laughing. Like I can't tell, <laughs> I, I I can't tell if I'm having a good time without someone <laughs> in the thing I'm watching also laughing. <laughs> Yeah. And like just like telegraphing to me how good of a time they're having. Yeah. So that's I need that from people, and Jimmy is the only one who gives it to me. Yeah, the Ricky comparison is interesting because 
I, again, we just have differing views on him where I, I find him, you know, occasionally charmless and uh, mean spirited, but you uh-huh. again can't get enough, can't get enough of him. When, well, it's when, like, you, know, you, you just love seeing him. I'm like, I respect his writing, but you actually love seeing him and having him around. I love seeing him. I love listening to him also. I mean, I don't know if you ever listen to his podcast where he just like has a mentally ill person on who he makes fun of all the time. Yeah, see, that would like, appeal to me. It made him like an even bigger star than The Office did. Like it was huge. It was like the first hugely successful comedy podcast was he just like knew this dumb guy and had an sh- entire show. And then the dumb guy got a bunch of shows where he just got to fly ar- around the world being dumb. And we're all just being like, look at this idiot. Look at this dumb fuck. I actually love that guy. He's incredible. And- He's, he's amazing I and so like the guy him. so he'll say something right he'll just be like oh the sphinx uh 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 it's just like a a, a big face and it's not nothing special and then you'll just and i'll be like huh i guess carl's right and then i'll hear ricky on the phone go <laughs> and then i'll be like oh right that was the funniest thing i've ever seen and then i'm i'm la- i'm rolling on the floor i'm busting a freaking gut my dude <laughs> oh man that gut loves to be busted oh so back to your rankings so jimmy fallon's number one mm-hmm. um uh what's the bit what's the big fat british guy <laughs> james Corden. john oliver james court no not john oliver he's not uh, big and fat right you, you can't stand john oliver no i i think he's uh, uh i don't think he's funny is the problem I think he's, uh, um, it's just like, what is this British guy doing talking about America? It's like, you don't live here. Um, right. James Corden is number two um, because he just, he seems like extremely fun to be around. Like, yeah. you, you ever at a party and uh, uh, you, you're talking to someone for really long and you like clearly want them to like maybe ask you a question or like talk, just like let this thing die so you can go back to like your friends at the party <laughs> and you're you meet these people and you're just like wow this person should have their own tv show and they finally listened with james corden <laughs> and i think but that's awesome. karaoke is so funny it's oh it's it's a laugh riot tim you're right it's so funny to watch the people who sing their own, like people sing their own songs that they already sing. <laughs> but they're in a car, I guess, is the difference. <laughs> it's like, oh my it's God. It's like me with my friends. Oh my God, Paul McCartney's on Carful Karaoke. And then he's just like singing Beatles songs for 10 minutes. It's like, this, of course. <laughs> why is this popular it's just a fun time man. it would be better it's just if a good hang it would be better if they had to sing other songs like if they had to really go for it on like like if you got paul mccartney you know that people love like like making fun of new pop music that comes out like whatever like christopher walken does like a, a a dramatic reading of a lady gaga song it's like if you had paul mccartney singing bad guy by billy eilish that's the that's what i want to see um they don't do that no. Ugh. 
That'd be great. You're right. It should just be them singing other people's songs. Yeah, it's like whatever's on the actual better. radio. Oh my god, yeah. Yeah, I just want to see like Beyonce and Jay-Z in a car singing like, I don't know, Taylor Swift or something. Yeah, yeah. Sing, I was thinking singing uh, uh, um, You Shook Me All Night Long. <laughs> yeah, just singing ACDC. That's <laughs> <sighs> so oh. fun. Oh. That would be a show. That would be great. Um, Carpool anyway. karaoke or so James Corden's number two. Yeah. Um, whenever Jay Leno pops into the monologue on the Tonight Show, that's number three. <laughs> like when Jimmy Fallon's like, for this next joke, here's a guy you all love. <laughs> and he drives out in one of his cars. Yeah. He's dressed in full denim. <laughs> Jim, did you listen to when Jay Leno went on Mark Maron a year or two ago? Yeah, I remember uh, he told one of my favorite jokes of all time. <laughs> are, 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 we're, we're thinking of the same joke. The, <laughs> library, the librarian one? The librarian one, yeah. Which is, it's the worst thing I've ever heard. <laughs> and Jay Leno's like, I've been going out on the road and I've been trying out this new joke. Can I lay it on you? And Mark Maron's like, yeah, sure, I guess. <laughs> and then he goes uh this is gun control debate and already you're like oh boy here we go jay <laughs> and he's like this gun control debate uh, uh they're talking about giving teachers guns is that really so smart i mean if you've got a, uh, you give the school librarian a gun does it need to have a silencer and then he goes pew, 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 pew. <laughs> <laughs> you know the sound effects are what make it really funny to me that's true. Yeah, I bet it would. I bet it would hit on the road. It's it could totally hit on the road, but it is the most toothless oh. gun control joke I've ever oh, heard yeah. in my entire it's so life. Bad. It's also so funny. I love it when people set up, uh, bring up like a, a kind of like controversial topic, and uh-huh. then turn it into the most like neutered, softest take. Yeah, yeah, you've ever heard. Just to avoid actually having to have an opinion on something. Right, like, I don't, I'm not actually trying to get involved in this. Here's just a corny uh, one-liner I set up. Yeah. Uh, the thing about br- police brutality is, uh, you know, yeah. do you get to keep the dog? <laughs> Where do the cop police dogs go? Do they come home with yeah. the cop? Do they go to their own homes? <laughs> Does the dog come home to the doghouse? And he has a wife there with the, making dinner for the kids? Oh my god. And he hangs up his collar <laughs> on the table. Oh, oh, it's brutal. Yeah. Well, Tim, we've been going for about an hour now. And good. uh good. Let's wrap it up. Let's wrap it up. Do you have anything any parting words? I always give you parting words. Any parting words? Um, I don't know. I watched this show recently called Death by Magic. And the whole premise is that a magician goes to a place uh, that a magician died doing a trick and then does that trick better. Wow. And um, I feel like he's kind of just an asshole. I think that's kind of the whole premise of the show is that this guy's an asshole. But, you know, maybe with this uh, coronavirus thing, uh, you know, we'll build maybe, uh, you know, on the backs (laughs) of our dead and injured and sick, we'll be able to you know, come up with a better trick and do something bigger and splash oh my God. and sell it to Netflix. So, well, um, with that message of hope, I would like to. 
I would like to bid everyone a, a good uh, morning. <laughs> good morning, Vietnam. Yeah. Tim, it was great to talk to you, buddy. We'll be back soon to see you, and we'll do some stuff in person. And uh, it'll, 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 we got more fun episodes on the way. Colby, this was a blast. Thanks for having me on. Love the Zoom meeting. I'm going to raise my hand right now. <laughs> Tim out. Thanks, Tim. Bye, everybody. I have Patty Smith here in, in my life again. Uh, we always call that song our song. But really, it's it's her song. I I would have never finished it. I couldn't. I didn't have a story, and the beautiful story of Fred's telephone call. And and if I'd had finished it, I would have never had a hit with it. I would have never had. And she, you gave me one of my greatest. And I play this song almost every night. So it's your song. And I thank you for being here, along with all of the other musicians. That's the humbling thing. I mean, it's 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 wonderful to see people come up and and sing your music, the young musicians. and Musicians, like the great musicians that were gathered here tonight, a group of people always in search, born searchers, born to get lost, born to get lost, because that's 98% of it, and then suddenly, suddenly you're home. They're all people who are always in search of the power to sustain the best of ourselves and to seek out the best in you, our fans and our audience. We want to be great. Like Neil says in his book, be great or be gone. We want to be great. We want to be important in your life. That was all that mattered to me. I didn't care if I was going to be, uh, uh, I don't know if I was going to make it rich or be famous, or, or, but I wanted to be great more than anything else, and I wanted to be important in your life. Because you keep us in search of the force that reignites our gifts, our ability to make you want to move, to dance, to love, to make love, to be angry, to act. When we play, we want the hair to stand up on your arms. We want you to feel the glory, and we want you to be glad of being alive. And really, at the end of the day, that's all there is to it. Uh, my fellow musicians, young and old tonight, thanks for taking care of me and taking care of my songs this evening. I'll never forget it, and I owe each and every one of you one. You made me feel like person of the year. <laughs> <laughs> Now give me that damn guitar.